Hello and welcome to the Commentary Telegraph's Pink Podcast. I'm James Roger and I'm joined by Andy Turner. Hi James. I'm joined by Mantej Mann. Hello. Uh, we're at the Canal Basin um, and we're going to review uh, the Millwall result from the weekend. Uh, the Sky Blues went down to the capital and drew 1-1 at the New Den uh, against Millwall. And it was, uh, yeah, I, I mean obviously I guess that you, we won't know whether it's two points dropped or one point gained until the end of the season really. But I mean... Um, it's a very, very good result, really, on the face of things, isn't it? I'll draw Millwall, Andy. Absolutely, I think. I think most people <coughs> um, going into the game would have snapped their hands off for a point down there. I mean, top four side had a really good start to the season. Always a difficult place to go. I mean, last season's result, four 0 win aside. I mean, nobody expected that. Nobody saw that coming. It is a tough place to go, and a lot of teams will struggle at the Den uh, this season. Um, you know, the big physical side who bully and, and kick and, and scrap for everything. Um, I mean, the urgency amongst the, uh, their, their side um, down there in the first sort of 20 minutes was, was so evident. And City started really badly, actually. The first 10 minutes, they were awful. Um, but they sort of, um, a bit of a theme, really, they're sort of growing into games. Um, but you know, add to that the atmosphere, you know, intimidating atmosphere. It's got to be one of the most intimidating atmospheres grounds to go to in in League One, um, uh, along with Bramall Lane and the Bradford. Valley, Bradford. Um, you know, those three really sort of stand out, to be honest. So to go there, to stand up, um, and to to take the lead and, and almost come away with three points. And let's not be about abortion. We had. Really good chances to win the game to see them off. I mean, Sawdown had uh, scored and could have had two more. Uh, Jody Jones had a fantastic free kick, which was tipped away. You know, so they're, they're creating really good chances, um, and so loads of positives to come from it. Really, uh, Mantez, you were saying last week as well that Steve Morrison was obviously the danger man for Millwall, top scorer in the league, but neutralised his threat really well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, I think they were they were solid at the back, City, um, and you know, I, I think for for, Mount, for parts of the game, they they're on top, City. I think they dominated the game and, and really neutralised the, the threat that Millwall brought to the game. I thought it's interesting because I mean, Steve Morrison did have a hand in their goal uh, in the equaliser, but that was more um, creating it rather than. Um, uh, been on the end of anything, which you know they did nullify that sort of threat from balls in the box and all that sort of stuff, and uh, with him getting on the end of them. But um, but yeah, I mean he did drift out wide and he did uh, sling the ball into the near post uh, for for their equaliser, which was disappointing. But I guess that was the only sort of downside really that you know it was another stupid goal. Um, you know you could argue it should have been cut off at source. Um, when he sort of skipped down the line and I think it was Jordan Turnbull slid in and tried to take the ball and, and he, he sort of skipped over it um, now you could argue that you know either that tackle has to be better or uh, he shouldn't have committed himself in that way um, because if you cut out Morrison then the ball doesn't come into the near post having said that when the ball did go into the near post there was Sam Ricketts and Reese Charles Cook who failed to deal with it um, um, with the man there to, to score so that was disappointing as well um, yeah, Mowbray's talked in the build-up to the match about his players needing to stand up to Millwall and uh, it being a real test for them. I guess that's probably that is probably the only negative, isn't it? The fact that they couldn't hold on. I mean, what do we put that down to? Is it a lack of game management? Is it perhaps a naivety defensively? Or yeah, I think it's it. To be honest, at this stage, I mean, we could go back to last week. It's sort of been individual errors in a way. I mean, you know, the the, the goal, um, the first goal uh, for Fleetwood last week. Um, 
you know, Kian Harris was um, a little bit exposed, you know, didn't get close enough to his man. So it's sort of individual things, really, you know. And you, yeah, I suppose with every goal, you can break it down, apart from sort of wonder goals where you just can't, can't, they're unstoppable. Um, so it is just in individual areas at the moment. But for the most part, I mean, the defence was really organ well organised. You know, it was good to have Ricketts back. You know, I think they needed that experience. Um, you know, Keane's a fantastic player, as, as I've said on numerous occasions, and he's going to be a super player for this club. But, you know, sometimes, you know, going down to such an intimidating place, I think you need experience there. It's worth emphasising as well that in the build-up to the game, Mowbray had said that Keane would probably be left on the bench if Ricketts was fit. And it wasn't to do with performances. He did stress that, didn't he? He said that Keane's been yeah. playing really well. It's just that sometimes yeah. horses for courses approach. You need a wiser head. Uh, absolutely, yeah. And, uh, you know, he spoke about Keane in, in glowing terms. I mean, he said he's one of... Uh, I mean, high praise indeed. I mean, he said he, he's one of the, um, the best... Uh, distributors of the ball probably in the division um, we know which for a, a kill of 19 you know, is, is uh, you know, incredible um, praise really um, and he also said that, you know, that some players will go through their whole careers not having uh, the quality that Keane's got in his locker so um, so yeah so and you know he's very much a developing player you know he's, um, uh, he's, he's learning the game um, and he needs to learn the game in the right way which means not being exposed to first team football and what Mowbray calls a cruel environment, sort of week in, week out. Um, Mowbray's spoken as well about, obviously, the three-five-two formation and having the three centre-backs. Now that Ricketts has come back in, we can't, for the foreseeable future, you can't imagine it's going to change to two centre-backs at the minute. Um, so, I mean, do you see it as kind of Ricketts, Willis and Turnbull for the foreseeable? I mean, you know, did they gel really well? I think so, yeah, but I think it is. it, it will be sort of horses for courses and it, it will depend on, on Sam Ricketts' fitness, you know, in terms of, you know, if they start playing midweek games as well, whether he can play three games in a week, um, that sort of stuff. I mean, you know, look at the opposition and think, well, actually, it's a, uh, it might be a day for Keane to sort of drop back in, um, you know, because because of his ball distribution, you know. Um, so we'll, we'll wait and see. I mean, perhaps he's better suited to, to a home game, you know, where, where they're sort of more want to be a bit more expansive and a bit more on the front foot. You've also got the case as well, obviously Jordan Willis in the past has had his injury problems. We spoke to him the other week at the press conference and he's saying that he feels really fit and he feels, you know, firing on all cylinders, which is really good to see, but you just don't know what's, you know, around the corner, you know, someone could pick up a knock and, mm. yeah, obviously, I, I, I don't think we've seen the last of Harry's, I think that's what I'm trying to say. Oh, absolutely not, no, 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 I mean, he's very much, I mean... Uh, I think what he's done is very early on he's he's earned the manager's trust, so the manager can call on him at any time, um, and that's really important. You know that that's one of those sort of big hurdles that uh, a player going from development football, under twenty one football, to the first team has to do. You know uh, the manager will, will, will sort of drop him in now and again, give him a taste, and um, and see how you know whether they sink or swim. And and Kean uh, has shown you know he's proved that. that um, that the manager can rely on him, and that's that's a, a huge factor in his development. I guess one positive from the weekend, obviously it was disappointing for the second half equaliser, but Mantej, a few times this season we've been covering the games and we've seen one goal quickly turn into two or three if another team scored it. I mean, Norwich that night, there was kind of four in quick succession, wasn't there? Yeah, was uh, Bradford true. as well, the second half, the turnaround. Um, so I guess probably one, a positive is the fact that City saw the game out and you know did take a point away. Yes, and you know, I mean, once they had scored um, the equaliser, it was seventy-one minutes, something like that. You know, it, it was interesting because both teams 
both went for the win, you know, they really did, you know, it wasn't like City suddenly shut up shop and sort of said, oh, we'll settle for a point sort of thing. So, um, you know, so that was a good thing. But, you know, lots of positives. I mean, the fact that Sordow scored, you know, got that monkey off his back. It's his first goal for the club, first goal of the season, you know, and that's been sort of playing on everybody's mind, really. Um, and now he has to obviously follow that up. And it's, you know, it was a really interesting story, the, the background to that, um, the build-up to the game. And um, Tony Mo re- revealed afterwards that um, he'd shown... Um, sort out clips of, of all the sort of fantastic goals that he scored over his career just to remind him of what he can do and the good goals that he can score and um, he took that away on his laptop and, and he watched it himself again and the goal he did score was one of those instinctive goals that he does score because you know he I mean, can't he's... score many better Exactly, yeah. I mean, he said it was up there with the, the best one, but it is sort of a trademark Marvin Sordell. You know, he's got his back to goal, um, he holds the player off, turns, that really. and just 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 smacks it, you know, and then it goes sort of, you know, into the far corner or whatever. Uh, and he can do that with both feet. So, you know, we want to see that uh, a bit more often from him, and I'm sure. Um, I'm sure we will. And let's hope you know, that sort of opens the floodgates really for in terms of. Um, where we're at with Marvin Sordell. But the other, you know, the other big positives, bigger Romano. I mean, he absolutely bossed the midfield. Um, and he's really come of age, um, I think, this season. Um, I spoke to him after the game, and, you know, he, he, a few things have happened. Uh, he's had a dreadful uh, recent three years, but over the summer, he's got married, so he's got a new responsibility there. Um, he did some um, prehab work before the pre season came in um, and, and really sort of got his head straight um, and, and his fitness right. Um, and he's come back and he's looking, you know, it's still early days, but he's looking like the player that he was when he first, um, when he was sold um, four or five years ago, um, you know, when he first broke into the, the, the team. So uh, so that bodes out well as well. Yeah, Mantej, obviously we've, uh, the, the, the fans have been rating the uh, the players from the weekend and um, yeah, Biggie's Biggie got a lot came out on top. Yeah, he did. He, he rated seven out of ten for the weekend's performance, which is, you know, just a claim to, to how well he's doing at the moment. He was, Interestingly, he actually uh, he was given the top rating for the Fleetwood game the week before as well. Uh, so clearly, fans are noticing that Biggie's putting in performances and, he, and he's really playing well for the Sky Blues this season. You um, you actually mentioned, didn't you, after seeing the West Ham game, you and Alan Paul, um, I think you were both did a Facebook Live on deadline day on and deadline you, mentioned, day, yeah. you mentioned how impressed you were with Biggie. I was very impressed with Biggie at the, uh, in the West Ham game and from all accounts, he sort of just picked off from where he left off at the back of that game. He was technically very strong, good on the ball and, and looking to play balls forward rather than sort of side to side and he's, he's really promising at the moment for City. I mean, that was one where he excelled on uh, on Saturday. Yeah. You know, he was... You know his protection of the ball when he received it and winning the ball, and his protection of it and turning and, and, and moving the ball up the pitch quickly or passing it away quickly um, w- was exceptional. And and the great thing to hear as well is that um, as well as sort of um, being a leader on the pitch, you know, leading by example um, and driving his teammates on. Um, Tony Mowbray revealed afterwards that he's also becoming a real voice in the dressing room as well. You know, for a kid, he's still only twenty two. I think it's twenty three next month. Um, you know, I mean that's that's great. It just shows where he's at in terms of his development. You know that he really has come of age, and uh, um, you know he, he's shown all the sort of um, uh, all the makings uh, of, of a, a fantastic leader, possibly future captain. Who knows? Yeah, he's been very vocal on social media since he uh, he came back, hasn't he? And yeah, uh, that's really good to see because he's. I suppose he is one of the you know 
one of the few feel-good factors about the club at the minute. I mean, people are really, really pleased that he's back and he's really seems to be really, really enjoying it as well. Um, and yeah, I, I think players just kind of get to that natural age where they do, you know, they do find a natural home. And probably last season, he just probably feels a lot more settled now, now mm. that he knows that he's a Coventry City player rather than someone just on loan. And yeah, I mean, we all know the lovely backstory, don't we, about the, the Burundi refugee, you know, that, I mean, Coventry, he has made that, that his home. He's adopted Kovkiv kid you know and um, and it is a special place in his heart you know th- this is the football club and this is the town where he, he made his name as a footballer so be- and fulfilled his dream of becoming a professional footballer um, you know he's, he's had to um, drop back down um, and come back home to sort of start again um, um, but you know he's, he's, um, he's really grasping that at this moment in time Brilliant. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that Biggie was uh, the fans' man of the match uh, from the weekend, and we'll speak about him more in part two. And we'll also, um, I, I think, we'll have an update on Andy Rhodes and Chris Stokes' injuries, won't we, Andy? Yes. Welcome uh, back, back part to two. part two of the Pink. Um, plenty of Sky Blues players are on the sidelines at the minute, uh, injured. Um, what do we know about uh, Andy Rhodes, Chris Stokes, Marcus Tugai, or uh, all of those players that are currently? Uh, um, well, uh, Andy Rose is making really good progress. Um, I'm not sure if you're ready for the weekend, but um, Tony Mowbray's um, told me that um, he's back on the grass doing <clears throat> straight line running. I think it was a medial knee ligament uh, uh, injury that he had, um, but he, he's doing um, some plenty of work with the physios on the grass, so that, that's a really good sign. So um, he's sort of been a matter of um, a weeks old, I thought, away rather than months or anything like that. So um, uh, he's getting close, and obviously he's been a big miss in the side how um, do you see that affecting the side yeah because obviously Biggie is impressing and um, you th- you thought Vlad was kind of growing into his own didn't you at the weekend yeah yeah I mean as a partnership Biggie and, uh, and, and Vlad Gadshev I mean they look really strong um, at the weekend but you know you've still got Chris McCann to come back uh, into the mix um, and he, with his experience you know you can never rule him out but you know I think it's great to have options um, in terms of Andy Rose I mean I'll probably see him more as a, a playing wide that sort of wide right wing back role um, if and when he comes back because I think Mowbray sort of likes him sort of his energy getting up and down the pitch um, I know they brought Jamie Sterry in how did you think Sterry did at the weekend yeah he's done okay you see you know he's done um, you know really uh, really good impression really the first two games um, he's played um, you know defends well um, can get forward as well um, but um, you know I think um Andy Rose sort of adds a, a little at that extra dynamic because he can get get in ghosting at the, the back post and use his height, um, aerial threat, um, uh, to possibly get you know hopefully get some goals. So um, you know it's great to have options in every position. So um, so yeah, but just going back to the injuries, um, Chris McCann's um, back training with the physios uh, today. Um, that's Tuesday. Um, having missed the weekend's game with a groin problem which he picked up at Fleetwood um, so it's still touch and go but uh, he's making good progress this week so hopefully he'll be back for the Oldham game um, who's the only answer that? Chris Stokes um, that's just sort of ongoing really that is long term um, he's still looking at another couple of months I would have thought at uh, a minimum um, and Marcus Tudgai um, was injured um, uh, he had a, um, a bruised toe and he was ill um, ahead of the Millwall game but he's um, he's back in full training um, today this week, so he's fine. He's recovered from his illness and um, his, his toe. I think he had a scan or X-ray or whatever. It's not broken. It's just um, badly bruised, and so he's uh, he's playing again. He should be available for the weekend. How do you see the striker kind of hierarchy at the minute now that obviously Scordell um, scored at the weekend? Uh, two guys come back from injury. 
Oh, I think Marvin is he's number first one. Choice, yeah, 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 uh, undoubtedly. Um, and uh, you know, he's the one player that um, you know that, that you can say he's got everything to be a top quality striker. You know, for whatever reason, he hasn't got the goals in recent years, but he's got everything in his locker. He's got all the quality there um, to be a, um, a top class striker in this division. Um, and I think it's just a question of just sort of um, persevering with him, seeing if that one goal can turn into two, can turn into three, um, and, and see if we can sort of um, get those goals, goals running from him. But, um, you know, he's, he's playing well. Um, he, he had been playing well without getting the goals and now he's got a goal let's see what he can do because obviously a guy scored on his debut didn't he at uh, and we were impressed with him uh, and did some good work against Norwich as well a few days later and yeah. just didn't kind of get the rub of the green that night um, so if you know if can you see those two interchanging perhaps or um, with Tudgar yeah uh, possibly but I think you know I, I think um, you know Marvin will be on the pitch uh, as much as, as much as possible, yeah. As long as he's fit, yeah. yeah. Um, because I mean, w- once he gets going, you know, it, let's hope he can he can sort of pick up the goals um, and get into some sort of rhythm um, that similarly to similar way to um, Adam Armstrong did last season. And we also with Adam Armstrong, he was first pick every week, wasn't he? You know, even when he was going through a bad spell, you know, he kept being picked because he's the one more likely to get a goal than anybody else. Is he Adam Armstrong's goal of the weekend? I did, yes, yeah. Remarkable. Yeah. All about the years, eh? Yeah, way family. But, uh, and that was on his debut, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah off the bench to score the win, I believe. Well, it'll be good to see him in there. Ryan Kent kind of propel Barnsley a little bit this season. Um, I just wanted to touch on uh, Kwame Thomas as well. Um, obviously, there's a lot of people uh, ahead of him in the pecking order you now, you've got to say. Uh, obviously, he's injured as well. It seems probably uh, how much do you expect that we'll see him on the grass this season? Well, that's up to him, really. I mean, you know, he's got to get himself fit. Um, he uh, he was signed with a, a bit of a hangover from an injury, um, and um, you know, he needs to get that right. Um, but you know, he's he's got lots of attributes, you know, that that mean that he can force his way in. It's just uh, you know how much he wants it, really. Um, you know, hopefully he will get himself fit and and get himself in the team. You know, he's got to do it on the. Uh, on the training pitch first, um, in the under twenty threes as well, um, and force his way in. But you know he's a, he's a potentially exciting player for for the Sky Blues, and it'd be great to have him back and just see what he can do. Speaking of the uh, the younger sides, uh, I think they they're playing at the minute, aren't they? One of the academy teams. Um, yeah, they're playing at Sheffield um, United. They were winning one 0 They were winning. They were winning three 0 I know Sheffield Sheffield United pulled one back recently, um, a couple of minutes ago. But uh, Jack McBean scored their opening two goals for City um, this afternoon, so looking good for him. Um, and yeah, you know, it'd be good for the twenty threes to to cement, you know, to get a win and, and sort of maybe a couple of the players in that squad could establish themselves as real contenders to push for the first team. I mean, that's the thing is that you get somebody like Jack McBean who sort of oh, I guess I, I'd sort of forgotten about a little bit um, because he hasn't sort of been involved in the first team. But you know, he, if he gets uh, on a roll, starts banging a few goals in, you know, all of a sudden the manager can't ignore that, and, and maybe he'll be on the bench at the weekend. I don't know. Yeah, Oldham at the weekend, obviously. Um, if 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 Sordell is leading the line, I mean, Andy, would you start? Would you be looking to start Jody Jones as well? I mean, obviously he's had his injury problems this season as well, um, but he really, really made a difference at the weekend. I thought, I thought he looked uh, looked inventive, looked lively, um, and as you said, mentioned earlier, of course, uh, Fulks were really pushed pushed the envelope a little bit, and he was pushing for a winner. 
Yes, yeah, and I think once fully fit, I think he'll be a stick-on starter as well. Um, but the problem at the moment, um, I think we touched on it a little bit last week, that um, Jody's had this sort of um, groin issue, um, and he's undergone 10 days of intensive um, strengthening um, to, to get him up to speed, really. And, um, and they're still working with him on, on that. Um, and he's, he's probably worth sort of 70, 70 minutes at the moment at the most at the moment um, so um, it just depends whether he sort of comes on uh, comes off the bench or whether he starts and goes off or whatever but um, you know they're working really hard or the players working really hard um, to get that strength in the groin area so to, to see him through the full 90 minutes but uh, I've no doubt whatsoever that um, uh, you know, once he is fully fit, that he will be a, a stick-on starter, really, because you know, like you say, I mean, he just he's so inventive with the ball. Um, you know, he can wriggle past players, and he's he's been working on his free kicks. Um, I mean, as we saw, he almost scored um, the winner on Saturday. Um, uh, you were mentioning um, actually, he was working on his free kicks yeah, on Friday, wasn't he, when you were down at right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. When I turned up, he was sort of um, he stayed out after everybody else had gone in. And he was um, he was just working on his dead balls and um, I think I saw three or four and he didn't hit the target once so <laughs> so when when he he stood he stepped up to take the free kick uh, on Saturday um, I wasn't expecting too much but there he was he was flying into the top corner before the the keeper sort of flung himself and and made a great save but um, so that's something he really wants to do. Um, he sort of wants to take responsibility for those, but there are other players that can take good free kicks as well. Vlad, for example, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean he is he's that player that's got the X factor really. He has indeed. Yeah, he replaced obviously Lamiras at the weekend on the opposite flank. Carl uh, Reed, how do you think uh, Reed? Did? Yeah, he did okay. Um, I mean, Kyle's still adapting um, to that sort of different role because he's he, you know he's an out and out winger as we know, um, and. Uh, I think, to be honest, Tony Mowbray brought him in, and at the time when he signed him, and they were still playing three at the back as they are now, um, he sort of said, well, he's got to adapt. But Mowbray's spoken about his plans to hopefully switch to a flat back four if he can get the right right-sided centre-half in to, to partner Turnbull. Um, at which point, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Reid was given a more... Uh, uh, wider role, um, you know, um, and, and given the freedom to sort of um, get down that left flank and do what he does best. Because you know, whenever I've seen him, whenever he's played against Coventry in the past, that's where he's been at his most dangerous. You know, and he really has been uh, a threat. Um, you know, with his pace and his trickery on the ball and his directness um, as well. Yeah, he's very, exactly. very direct on the ball, yeah. isn't it? But he did well at the weekend. You know, um, uh, I, I think the. The un- unfortunate thing is he hasn't really sort of created uh, any decent chances for himself. I mean, he's he's creating chances for others or having hand in in, in sort of good build-up play. Um, but it'd be nice to see him sort of get some um, decent chances himself and start sticking the ball in the back of the net. It would. Let's hope he can do so at the weekend against Oldham. Uh, in part three, we're going to preview uh, the clash with the Latics. Um, just bear with us. Yeah, welcome back to part three of the pink. Oldham this weekend, gentlemen. Um, a pretty good chance to chalk up the first elusive victory of the League One campaign, I'd say, wouldn't you, Mante? We should definitely hope so. Oldham are the visitors to Rico uh, this weekend. And to be honest, they've had a very similar start to, to City. They, they lost their opening game uh, away at Millwall. Um, 
and then drew their next two games at home 0-0. Uh, they drew to Warsaw and Northampton Town. Uh, and uh, similarly to City again, they've had troubles up front. Their, their goal scorers, uh, I mean, the strikers aren't aren't putting the ball in the back of the net. Um, Billy Mackay was brought in on loan from Wigan, uh, and he is yet to score uh, in the league uh, so far for Oldham. Very similarly to Marvin Sordell, though obviously he he uh, broke that ducker against Millwall. Uh, Oldham sit in 17th with uh, seven points from their opening seven games, so they're three points ahead of City uh, because they've actually managed to chalk up uh, their first win. They beat Bury away from home. Um, but you know, I, I think they'll be they'll be two very similar sides at the Rico this Saturday, and we're just hopeful that, that Coventry can turn it on and, and produce a win. I mean, you know, I don't believe in must-win games um, unless it's you know a cup final or something really uh, crucial is riding on it um, on the outcome. But uh, uh, you know, I think this is as close as it gets to to must-win really at this stage of the season. You know, they you know they've got a fantastic point at Millwall, and they've got to um, go one step further and get that first win, get that that sort of weight off their shoulders um, they've got a fantastic opportunity to do it at home at the Rico um, and it just give everybody a lift you know they'll, they'll come out they'll um, jump out of the bottom four I'm sure and probably go ahead of um, Oldham yeah, if they right. score enough goals um, and um, you know it's, it's a fantastic opportunity it really is and they've got to grasp that opportunity and I'm sure the the whole focus this week is going to be to get by hook or book by crook to get to get three points Um you know, I mean, if they're two 0 up, you know, what do you do? Do you do you shut up shop? Do you keep going? What do you do? I don't know. You just you know, tactically, they've just got to manage that game for whatever eventuality and make sure that they get three points, no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. It will just be such such a lift for the players. It will be such a weight off as well, as you mentioned. And you just um, you do think because obviously we've mentioned before the fact that if Contrary can see one goal invariably it leads to two or three and you just wonder whether you know that's just a confidence thing a lack of you know a lack of confidence a lack of self-belief and getting three points on the board is just the best way in football to win confidence isn't it and to, to get that belief. absolutely but I mean you know the other thing that's happened in the last sort of um, 10 days and which would be a two-week period by the time we face Oldham is that the managers had time to go and drill home specifics you know he goes through every of Eventuality in a in a in a match situation. So he'll say he'll drill home to his players. What do they do if they're one nil up? What do they do if they're two nil up? What do they do if they're one nil down? You know, what do they do if they're three nil up at half time? You know, and all this sort of stuff. So they know for every score line, they know what they should be doing and, and how to react and respond. Um, and uh, you know that that's the first time he's really had chance to sort of nail that down with all the players. Um, and uh, you know. I'm sure they're they're beginning to gel, and you know this has to be a turning point for them. You know the point at Millwall and then um, their home game, and you know they've got you know three games coming up, which um, the two home games certainly um, Oldham and then uh, Wimbledon, highly winnable games. You know they have to be looking at six points from that, and then they've got a, a trip to Gillingham sandwiched in between. You know, and there's no reason why they can't go there. You know, having gone to Millwall and got a point, there's no reason why they can't go to Gillingham. And go and get all three. So, um, you know, it's a fantastic opportunity for them to, to pick themselves up, to kickstart the season, um, and, and just give everybody a lift, the whole club a lift, you know, and then everybody was sort of thinking, phew, you know, what was all the fuss about? You know, we had a, a poor start in terms of um, points on the board, but look where we are now, you know, before you know it, you're mid table, you know, knocking on the door of the top six.
Um, you mentioned that added time on the training pitch. I mean, that can only help as well, can't it? I mean, it probably helps as well this month in particular. It's just Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. It's not, you know, they're, they're, they're not bogged down by EFL trophy ties or stuff yeah. like that. It's absolutely crucial because the squad came together late in the pre-season. So effectively, this is where... I mean, the pre-season is when you do all that work, when you do all that, that um, the stuff in the, in the classroom and, and nailing down all the nuts and bolts and how they play. This is Coventry City. This is Tony Mowbray's Coventry City. This is how we play. Um, you know, this is how we attack. This is how we defend. Um, and he's just not had the opportunity to do that with those players and bed everything in, you know. And sometimes it's through repetition. You know, you, you, you tell a player, it might go in one ear out the other, and you might have to tell him ten times. But, you know, and... and Telling through through video work, through um, doing it on the grass, um, uh, with with different situations and scenarios and stuff. But um, you know the the proof will be in the pudding. But um, you know they're they're working really hard. I mean, they, I went down to see Tony Mowbray today, and um, uh, they did another I think two and a half hour session, which you know normally they only do about an hour and a half. But you know you wanted to stay out on the grass and and nail things down, and, and they did that last week as well. Last Tuesday when I went down. Um, you know, I, I was sat around waiting for forty-five minutes, so I was due to see the manager at past um, twelve. Normally, they finish at twelve. Um, you know, and I'm waiting until sort of ten to one You know, which is great because it shows that you know that they're, uh, they're out there really grafting, and they're not just sort of um, taking these things lightly. Absolutely, yeah. I, you mentioned just uh, the fact that repetition, repetition, repetition. That can only help as well. I was always told growing up that practice doesn't really make permanent. Um, perfect practice does make permanent though and but only by repetition can you you know can it become second nature and it's absolutely yeah and they were doing that we, um, that's why I had the the the, uh, the forwards and the strikers working on their finishing last week you know um so intensely you know because you know he kept saying you know good habits on on the training pitch that that will translate onto the uh, uh, into match time Absolutely will. Um, so uh, yeah just going back to Oldham obviously they the visitors uh, as you mentioned Mantej um, and these days, we can't really look at another League One side without there being an ex-Coventry City player. Um, have they got any former Sky Blues? Of course they have. They've got Peter Clark, um, <laughs> a, a defender who spent um, a, a spell with the Sky Blues back in 2004 uh, as a loanee from Everton, I think it was. Um, so he's, he's signed there at Oldham and he's actually scored a goal for them as well. He scored uh, in, in the draw at Bradford. Um, so I'm sure he'll be able to do some damage to his old team on Saturday. He's, he's a good player, Peter Clark. Um, you know, uh, he started at uh, Everton, had um, a big future ahead of him, you know, uh, and he came to Coventry and uh, he was a lovely lad, really down to earth and, um, you know, not big time Charlie whatsoever coming from Premier League club. Um, and uh, he's a really nice lad and, he, you know, he's, he's proven good defender at this level. Um, he spent a lot of time in the Championship as well. Um, throughout his career, he's sort of coming to the back end of his career now. Yeah, he has. He's, I was going to say, he's he, 34 he years old. Yeah, he's been, a, been around for a while. He spent yeah. time at Bury, didn't he? Yes, and, um, and Huddersfield before that, I think, yeah. in the Championship, didn't he? But, uh, but yeah, no, um, he, he certainly knows uh, knows his stuff. And I think I think it was at the Bury last season when, um, when they had particularly yeah. well against Adam Armstrong. Mm. You know, sort of nullified his threat that day um, when all eyes were on him. Um, didn't have such a good day when he came back to the Rico, but uh, uh, but it just shows you know he he's a good player on his day. He is indeed. Um, so yeah, if I had to push you for predictions, gentlemen, for this weekend, come on, let's put our. Uh, <laughs> it's got to be a Coventry win. It's got to be. A I'm sorry, yeah? it, it has to be. 
and you know I'd hope for some goals as well at home. I'd really hope for some goals. I mean, Sordell got his goal uh, on Saturday. He just hoped that he sort of kicks on from that. And they've got a lot of attacking options behind him. And Big Romani keeps playing well and so on. I'd, I'd hope for a 2 0 win, really. It, it's one of those games that I sort of I hate these sort of games because you go into it with such high expectations. And I've done it so often and just been so, ended up so disappointed. Um, and it just, you know, you know you, they fall flat on their face. But it, it really has to be nothing less than three points. I don't care how they play. I don't care if it's a, a <laughs> dreadful game, as long as they if they just sort of scrape it and it goes in off Sordell's backside. I don't care, you know they they have to win that game. Absolutely, and I think we'll leave it there, gentlemen. I think we'll wrap it up. I think we've spoken for long enough on that. Um, so yeah, let's just hope that they're not tired, old them, aren't they? Because you, as you mentioned, Mantej, they've you know they've been to Bradford, they've got results at Bradford. They have, this, yeah. this 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 needs to be a win this week. This has got to be a win. This has got to be a win. Right, I'll say goodbye to you, Andy. Goodbye, James. I'll say goodbye to you, Mantej. Bye, James. Thanks for joining me today, uh, and that was your latest episode of The Pink. Thank you.